Okay, so you were getting dropped off on Sunday and picked up on Saturday. I spent my entire year waiting for that one week a year. I always tell people to think of your traditional summer camp, right? We do canoeing. We do high ropes, um, fishing, archery, arts and crafts. We have a pool. We play every sport under the sun, Dr. Dodgeball. Every game that you play at your traditional camp, um, you know, we do that at camp. But everybody there has diabetes, which is really awesome. Everybody understands, full pun intended, the highs and the lows of the life that you're living with and is there to support you and educate you to help manage that better. Welcome back. This is episode number 90 of the Two Type Ones podcast. Before we get started, please remember that nothing that you hear on the Two Type Ones podcast should be considered medical advice or otherwise. Please always consult your medical team before making any changes to your diabetes management. Also, we are really trying to make a big push on Apple and Spotify podcasts. So if you're listening to the show on those two platforms, please remember to leave us a five-star review. Hit that subscribe like button so you are notified when new episodes drop every single week. All right, let's dive into today's episode. We got to sit down with Anthony Meyer. Anthony is a type 1 diabetic, and Anthony is CODA's director of youth and family programs. And when we talk about CODA, we're not talking about the public transportation system. We're talking about the Central Ohio Diabetes Association. They run all of the summer camps and different events throughout the year for diabetics. And this was an important episode for us and a very fun episode for us because Graham grew up going to these camps, these summer diabetes camps. And we wanted to get Anthony on because he is the director and he has so much understanding and knowledge of these camps being a camper and now being the director of all of the programs for youth and family. If you're a caregiver of a young diabetic or maybe you're a caregiver of a newly diabetic, this episode is going to provide a lot of value for you. The conversations that we have with Anthony and his experience as a camper and Graham's experience as a camper is very impactful and really made me wish that I almost got diabetes when I was a kid so I could have went to these camps or even understood or knew about these camps when I was first diagnosed because I would have absolutely volunteered to be a camp counselor and try to educate myself being around all these people. There's doctors, there's endocrinologists, there's all these amazing medical people and all these amazing people that have figured out what works for them at these camps. So if you are a caregiver, I hope that you listen to this whole episode and I hope that you share this episode with someone else that might be a caregiver or someone else that might have other diabetics in their family. Okay, without further ado, let's get with Anthony. Ken is also type one diabetic. What's up, Anthony? Yeah, we haven't really met yet. So, uh, yeah. yeah, how you doing? <laughs> Long story short, also um, he's a a, a trainer. Uh, I I knew somebody that worked with him at the gym, and he introduced us years ago. And 
And then really, really randomly, Tom needed like CGM supplies. And I called him and I said, you need this? And it, whatever happened, and he said, hey, I do this diabetic dinner. So I told him. And then we were in the parking lot leaving the diabetic dinner. And he's like, I'm going to talk to Ohio State, to a bunch of students. And I essentially invited myself along. He did. He totally invited himself. We talked for like two hours, essentially as a panel. And it went so well that once COVID hit, he developed the idea to turn it into a a podcast. So that's, that's been two, it's been two years and it's just been a hobby and it's just been a hobby for us. And now it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of picking up, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I listened to Tom's full one and then I kind of went back and kind of picked and chose uh, a couple different ones just because I was curious based on the guest or whoever. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's awesome. You guys are doing this. Yeah. Not everybody is like a podcast type of person, but we've, our audience is, 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 you know, across probably worldwide at this point because you could do that with a podcast definitely all over these states but we do a lot of like central we i think we capture a lot of central ohio yeah I think, and yeah. if you go back over almost 90 episodes there's a lot of me hitting on camp and um i'll, I'll tell the story while we talk but you know camp has always been enormous and code and it's not it isn't coda anymore is it so we still go by Coda. We okay, okay. Uh, we merged with Life Care Alliance. They do Meals on Wheels in Central Ohio. Um, that's like the biggest thing they're known for. But kind of um, throughout the years, they've merged with a few different organizations: the Columbus Cancer Clinic, us, um, Project Open Hand, and we all still run under our names. They're just kind of like our umbrella organization. Very yeah. cool. So everyone's on kind of under the the same umbrella. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Coda has been around for 50 plus years. It's a recognizable name in the community, uh, especially within the doctor's offices. Mm-hmm. Um, so deviating from that uh, was just really never an option because it helps get, to, get us through front doors. Yeah. yeah. And um, Coda is what I grew up in. I'll define it. It's the Central Ohio Diabetes Association. And from the from the moment of diagnosis, that's pretty much the acronym that i knew in columbus in central ohio and it, it used to say that on the facade of the building right it said yeah yeah so it used yeah. to everything was you know camp hamley and all things all things that we're talking about today fell under coda so yeah it, it threw me off as i got older and learned about like public transit and people were calling you <laughs> yeah. know, the busing system coda <laughs> yeah. and for me when somebody says coda i think of camp i think of you know diabetes and <laughs> not not for most people when i first started here i actually said during my interview i said that i want coda like i want when people in central ohio think of coda i want them to think of us and not the busing and that was a way too big of a dream um, <laughs> not realistic That's funny. <laughs> i had to scale that one back a little bit I, i've said that too but that thought makes you realize how actually small of a community we are really as you know yeah. as diabetics so yeah right and the amount of people that actually use busing because yeah. i had never <laughs> sure. yeah so so what's your story what's your diet what's your diagnosis and you're from are you from central ohio and all those yeah things? so um i grew up in gahan ohio uh born and raised same house 31 years pretty much um i was diagnosed five days before my 14th birthday so june of 2004 um that first summer my mom tried everything she could to convince me to go to camp. And I said, absolutely not. I conflicted with soccer camp and didn't want to miss that. Um, But by the time the next summer came around and just struggling, adapting to high school and new lifestyle changes, you know, I'd 
I remember life without diabetes and, um, you know, those adjustments were so difficult at times that my mom just didn't give me a choice that next summer. So I started going to camp in 05. Uh, I was 15 and I did, I only did two summers as a camper, which is probably a good reason why we didn't overlap much because I was diagnosed later. Um, so I was a camper 0506, went through the CIT or counselor and training program in 2007. And since then, I've pretty much done every position under the sun at camp. So I did, I was a cabin counselor, um, lifeguard, high ropes facilitator, uh, program director. And then 2018, I had the chance to be Darlene's assistant director, which was amazing and wonderful, wonderful opportunity to learn. And then she left in the uh, the fall of 2018, and I I was like, this is what I want to do with life. So I applied and interviewed, and I started here at the beginning of 2019, and been here since. That's amazing. Hmm. You have to understand too what he's saying. That for me, this was just what I looked. F- I spent the entire year looking forward to a one week. So again, your parents would drop you off on sad. Is it Sunday morning? Sunday, yeah. Okay, so you were getting dropped off on Sunday and picked up on Saturday. I spent my entire year waiting for that one week a year. And once I got old enough to work there and be a counselor, it was it was again, it was only a one to three week option for me. You've you've made it your you've made this your career. I mean you you work now for the umbrella that, that supports yeah. campaign we right. Yeah. So I um you know, I went to college, I started out as an education major thought I wanted to teach. And I think that stemmed from falling in love with camp. Um, and after about a year and a half, I was like, this is not teaching is not what I want to do at all. Um, and then because of camp, I was like, you know, what? maybe I want to be a doctor. I want to be an endocrinologist. And so I switched my, switched my major to biology and ended up graduating with a degree in biology. But with about a semester and a half left, I was like, this isn't what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And so I, uh, went to my advisor and I said, Hey, at this point I'd figure out camp, whether it was our camp or another camp, I was like, camp is what I want to do with my life. And went to my advisor. I was like, how can I switch my major? And they're like, you have one semester left. Like if you switch your major, you're going to be here for another year and a half, two years. They're like, just graduate. (laughs) And so I I got my degree in biology um, and then had some incredible opportunities at a variety of other camps. Um, I've worked at about eight other camps um, some year round, a couple that primarily just ran in the summer like us, and but always stayed involved in Camp Hamway. I missed a couple summers because of full-time jobs, but every year after I'd come back and um, when the opportunity with Darlene came up to be her assistant, you know, she kind of indicated that there might be a chance to turn it into something full-time without really telling me that she was planning to um, depart. And so I was like, yeah, like, you know, I started doing it part-time while also working a full-time job and uh, just turned into this incredible opportunity. But I remember in college when I finally decided camp is what I wanted to do, uh, I called up my mom and I was like, hey, like, I want to be a professional camp counselor for life. And the first thing she said to me was, that's not a career. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. That's not going to pay the bills. That's, like, I just, that's so crazy that people yeah. tell us that. It's like you have some type of dream that you want to do regardless of what it is. Like, And I'll tell you to, to go even a step further, who he's talking about, Darlene, is a 
legend. She is. She was the director of camp for as long as everyone could remember. She yeah. studied social work. He studied biology. So think about <laughs> that. I mean, she she fell into the category maybe of some. She was right. She was by by trade a social worker, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so she was a social worker, and he he like. <laughs> What a funny story to talk to your advisor. And they're like, dude, he, Just graduate. he's still telling that story about you, Anthony, 10 years oh, later. Absolutely. I mean, I was at, at this point because I'd already made a big switch. I was five and a half years in. He's like, yeah, in a private college, you know, <laughs> uh, the whole student le- loan uh, crisis. I'm a, I'm the poster child of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Go ahead. Ken. I, I'm talking so much. No, you're good. Ask him something. No, you're good. Um, yeah, this is this is great, Anthony. So uh, now that we kind of have your backstory on how you kind of got connected with camp, and now you got this amazing career of something you love doing yeah. with you know young kids and and empowering them to you know think different and grow. Uh, what what is one of the things? I guess first, let me ask you this: Can you kind of describe what Camp Hamway? entails if i'm a parent i drop off my kid on sunday what's my kid going to be doing what are the activities like what diabetic education is there just kind of give me an overview of what camp hamway is yeah um that's a a really big question that i'll try and narrow down into just a, a couple minutes um but i always tell people to think of your traditional summer camp right we do canoeing we do high ropes, um, fishing, archery, arts and crafts. We have a pool. We play every sport under the sun, Dr. Dodgeball. Every game that you play at your traditional camp, um, you know, we do that at camp. But everybody there has diabetes, which is really awesome. Everybody understands, full pun intended, the highs and the lows of the life that you're living with and is there to support you and educate you to help manage that better. Um, we, each week we have 10 to 12 med staff that consist of a, an attending endocrinologist from Nationwide Children's, um, endocrinolo- endocrinology fellows from Nationwide Children's, residents from Nationwide Children's, as well as um, registered nurses throughout a variety of hospitals in Central Ohio, um, LPNs. We even have an army medic who's been working at camp for about four years. Uh, and we have all these people who are there to help educate um, and improve that diabetes management. And my favorite thing to tell a new parent is at camp, well, in, in the real world, right? I went, I grew up in Gahanna. And when I was diagnosed with diabetes, I knew one other kid in my entire 2200 person school that was living with diabetes. And at camp, everybody has diabetes. Diabetes is no longer what makes you unique. You can be unique because you're an athlete or because of the bands that you're into or, you know, the choir, whatever it is that you identify as. And it's no longer as, you know, you're the diabetic in your school. Um, You get, we get to celebrate who you are as a person and we're all there to help prepare you and teach you to manage that diabetes and allow you to be yourself um, in every other way, which is my favorite thing about camp. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Um, so God, I gotta work. I'm working on my, I'm working on my umming. So, especially, <laughs> in a, a especially in a context like this, when I jump in, do tell me, this is a hard question. Tell me what you remember as a camper 
that was the thing that inspired you that that you said you loved about camp what 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 was it that you remember cuz now you're talking you said you were 14 so half your half your life ago what do you remember what stands out half your life ago of the things that you just described i would say the most impactful thing from being a camper that i got from camp um a, a name that you might know is a drew belli uh-huh, of course. So he was my last year as a camper. He was one of my counselors in the cabin and I was a swimmer and I played soccer. Drew was a swimmer back in the day. And so we bonded pretty quickly over sports and just talking about that. And I was still on multiple daily injections, uh, Humalog and Lantus um, every day. And I had thought about going on an insulin pump, but I was I was really nervous about it. I just thought it was weird. I don't like change. I had finally gotten comfortable with MDI. And that whole week, Drew just, he didn't push me, but he educated me. And he taught me how to use the pump, how he could do temporary basils that would help improve his workouts and things like that. And by the end of that week, I my parents picked me up and I was like, hey, it's time. Like, let's go do the classes. Let's learn about moving forward with an insulin pump. And that was something for me. What's great at camp, you're in a cabin with eight kids and two staff. The majority of staff has died is living with diabetes and each person in the cabin manages it differently. And it's not to say there is no perfect way to manage diabetes. It's different for everybody, but when you're in a cabin and you're stopping for check and inject, uh, you know, check your blood sugar, take your insulin and everybody's doing it a different way. You get exposed to that and you might not get exposed, especially if you're from a smaller town where maybe you're seeing a, a general pediatric doctor who doesn't maybe isn't as educated on diabetes or even some endocrinologists are very specific on, Hey, I prefer this in insulin pump, or I prefer this regimen. At camp, you get to see them all and you get to start to learn maybe different ways to take care of yourself. And that would be the biggest takeaway I had as a camper. I mean, I'm still on an insulin pump now and actually in the process of getting a new pump because of people at camp, I'm switching from Medtronic to T-Slim. It's literally shipping right now um, because I've seen everybody at camp and I've been able to kind of mess around with and see the features and be exposed to that before I really drove the car and uh, it's just really cool. I can't imagine what camp looks like in 2022 with technology and, and see, you know, my gosh, I sent him today uh, the concept picture of the G seven and his react. He came back so fast. Like what you got it. Duh, blah, blah. And then he, he looked at the picture again. It says demo, but it's an all in one sensor and transmitter 30 minute warm up, really teeny, I think 14 day as opposed to 10, you know. Yeah. So last or I guess two years ago now, before COVID, I had the chance. Um, we had our we go to an annual conference every year. It's the American Camp Association, as well as the Diabetes Education and Camping Association. Those conferences are back to back. And it was in San Diego in 2020, which is where Tandem and Dexcom are based out of. Yeah. And so while we were there, we took the opportunity to tour both of their facilities, which was incredible in itself. But while we were there, they actually let us hold a, a G7 prototype. I have a picture um, I can awesome. send you guys after we get off this. Yeah, that's awesome. But it's it was tiny. I mean, yeah. 
think like the the circular freestyle libre but even smaller compact and i'm so excited for it i've been waiting for it since then dude more than anything you picked your you picked a dream job yeah (laughs) going to conferences in san diego feeling technology that's years years in the making that's crazy that is crazy man yeah Yeah. um but yeah technology is vastly changed camp i mean so we before every meal we have a a time we call it check and inject but 75 percent of our kids aren't even injecting anymore they're bolusing um and then you know with the fda approving dosing off of the dexcom a lot of people aren't checking anymore you know they're they're looking at their sensor or their receiver to figure out what their blood sugar is at but they're not doing a finger stick um and that's a new change just last summer that we finally started dosing off the Dexcom because we were waiting for that FDA approval. And so that check and inject time mm. went from taking, gosh, like 45 minutes before every meal to now it's 20 minutes because the majority of kids, we just look at their receiver, type in the the carbs and the, the blood sugar into their pump and flies. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> uh, y- you, you said one thing that, really resonated with me when you were kind of talking about your experience as a camper and what you love about camp. Um, and you mentioned the thought process of, uh, being able to figure out or identify your uniqueness as, as a diabetic. I think that's really powerful because we are always talking about this concept of figuring out what works for you. And what better way for a young diabetic, whether it's someone that was just diagnosed or just someone that's been living with it for three, four, five years going to camp and being exposed to all of these different amazing ways that people try to be successful. And being exposed to all those ways is, I just feel is really empowerful because, or very powerful because you have the ability to figure out and, and look at so many different things that other people are doing to figure out what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not just that, I think, and maybe different for you guys, um, Ken, I don't know when you were diagnosed actually. 25. Um, okay. So when I was diagnosed, there was a lot of opinion that your whole life had to change. Right. I, I was an athlete. That was my, that's what I identified as. And when you went and talked to certain people, they were just like, Oh, you, you probably can't do that anymore. Um, or I, I ran into coaches or athletic directors. I freshman year of high school, trying out for the soccer team. They told me that if I couldn't get my blood sugars under control, that they're going to have to cut me. I'd been diagnosed for two months. I was still learning it all myself. I was still honeymooning. Um, and so there's a lot of, I mean, lack of education plays into it, but at camp, the possibilities you see, not just in how people manage their diabetes, but what they accomplish while living with their diabetes. And we have athletes. Um, I, I played sports in college. We have guys that played football in college. We have people who hiked the Appalachian trail. Um, we'll have, we've had professional athletes and college athletes living with type one come speak at camp. Um, the limits or there are, there are no limits, right? The possibilities are endless, but when you have people who aren't necessarily trained in 
or experiencing living with diabetes in your personal life outside of camp, telling you what they think your limitations are, it's easy to listen to them. But at camp, everybody's there to push you and motivate you and help you come up with creative solutions to manage during these new experiences. Um, It's really empowering. Tell me, Anthony, about the setup of of the age groups and the weeks of camp and and how that's structured. Yeah. So camp uh, itself is um, three weeks of overnight camp, and then we do one week of day camp. So our day camp is located at Blendon Woods, and we split them into two separate age groups, um, three to seven, and then eight to 12, but they run at the same time at the same location at Blendon Woods. This is a Central Ohio Parks, by the way. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Blendon Woods located Westerville area. Um, And then Camp Hanway, our overnight camp, we do two weeks of our senior challenge, which is 13 to 17 years old. And then we do one week of our junior challenge, which is uh, seven to 12 years old. What's cool about the the two weeks of senior challenge, actually last year, what we did for the first time um, is we allowed campers to come for more than one week of camp. So they had the opportunity to uh, enroll for two weeks. And last year, just with COVID and cleaning policies between weeks, we still had them go home between weeks so that we could fully sanitize. But this year, we're actually op- offering the opportunity for them to stay at camp, have a more laid back camp type of night, movies, game nights, uh, campfire, social event. And then, you know, they get to be there when all the new campers for the next week arrive and just dive right in with them, which is really cool. So so you're saying it is ca- cabins are back up and running in motion, staying yeah. over in the cabins and all that. Yep. Everything's up and running. We, we ran full camp last summer. Um, this year, you know, who knows what's going on two months from now. It's yeah. something that we're continuing to monitor, but we are fully planning for camp this summer. It just may have some potential li- limitations, right? Sure. We might have to uh, do some COVID testing. We might have to do some pre-screening, all that fun stuff. And that's yeah. something we- we'll continue to monitor um, as an organization and communicate with families as we learn more. But we where numbers were last year, we were able to run a full successful program without any positive tests, knock on wood. And we, we are fully confident that we'll be able to this summer as well. Yeah. So, nice. so here's my, here's my follow-up to that. So the age range is seven to 17 for campus. Yes. So yeah. what, where is the where is your audience being reached where is the biggest platform that you're using to get the word out to to diabetics are you in are you, is it are you reaching for newly di- newly diabetics is it people like you i i always try to think of where i heard about it the only story that i love to tell is within 6 months of being diagnosed i was at camp Hamley. It, i was in my honeymoon i mean i was brand new to diabetes so go go for it um, was, was it by chance Mike Doan who uh, told Dude, it you probably about it? was? He's yeah, <laughs> Anthony is dropping <laughs> by the way. Okay, Drew and now Mike, he's dropping and Darlene, he's dropping legend names of and and Anthony. If again, sorry, Ken, I'm just gonna put this in there now. We have he's building a brand with diabetes with Camp Hamway with, with all these connections we have, dude. This could like this could go yeah. crazy, crazy places. I want to tell you that because you are reminding me of people and. Um, things like that. So yeah. All right, go ahead. No, absolutely. Finish so your comment. I, 
in Central Ohio, our two biggest connections that that we do a lot of our, uh, I guess, marketing through is um, Nationwide Children's and Copedes. Um, you know, they're the two big pediatric endocrinology offices in Central Ohio. We are fortunate enough to actually have a few camp staff as well as a bunch of the docs that go to camp that are just right on the endocrinology unit at Nationwide Children's. And I don't think I don't think a patient goes in and out of there without being told about camp, which is really awesome. We've got um, some social workers over there, kind of people that work throughout the entire process of their intake at Nationwide Children's. The doctor, the the nurses that work with the social workers who help find resources for them. We kind of have connections in all of those places, which is really, really helpful. Um, we also go into go into schools a little bit, a little less the last couple of years with COVID. Um, but just a few weeks ago, I presented at the Ohio Department of Health School Nurses Conference. And it was just school nurses throughout the state of Ohio who are looking for resources for themselves and for their um were their students and just told them all about camp. There's over 140 school nurses throughout Ohio on there. So I know that we've gotten a few from that. And then we are slowly working on getting our way into uh, a broader social media market. So we're on, we're on Facebook, um, Central Ohio Diabetes Association. We're on Instagram uh, at Diabetes Ohio. And, you know, those have been great tools for just getting our name out there and really quick ways to just be like, Hey, you know, you don't have time to chat right now. Sure. Follow us on Instagram. You'll see ways to get a hold of us information. Anytime we are posting a new event or program we're doing, it's, it's cross posted on all our platforms. Um, but those are the big ways we're getting out there right now. I know that one of our primary focuses next year um, with hopefully uh, COVID continuing to get better is to get out there in person more um, presenting at, at schools and et cetera. Hmm. Yeah. I, the more, like when I was thinking about like how you guys probably market and advertise, um, I was even thinking that the doctor's offices, the hospitals would be one of the, the first line of defense. Yeah. Because as people are getting first diagnosed, you know, I, th- I just, I think this camp thing, I wish I, I wish I had this when I was diagnosed. I mean, I would have even come to camp as a, as an adult. Um, cause it's, it's just, it's one of those things you can, you have the ability to learn so much. His, his answer Ken, is interesting though, about educating in the hospital, because we talk about this so much and I'll let Ken talk a little, cause we talk about this on the show a lot about people aren't getting that initial education. Yeah. So. Well, I think, but I think that in his, in, in Camp Hamway's case, they've done a very good job of getting connections of saying to the doctors, to the nurses, to the people that are working with these newly diagnosed diabetics that, oh, hey, you're, you were just diagnosed. You should check this out. This is coming up this summer. You should go to camp because you can learn all this information. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, the, that's the really cool thing about it. And I've, I've noticed a huge disparity when it comes to education also between being diagnosed as a, a child versus being diagnosed type one as an adult and um, kind of 
where you go through, what hospital system, what doctor's office you go through. Unfortunately, it's not a, a standard across the board. I, I mean, when I was diagnosed, I was admitted to the hospital for three days and I didn't leave the hospital until they were confident that I knew what I was doing and that my parents knew what I was doing. But I've talked to people and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, uh, listening to your uh, uh, earlier podcast, it, they kind of just gave you the stuff and sent you home. Yeah, um, it, but it was, is, I mean, I also didn't go to the hospital. It was yeah. just a family practitioner where they don't, you know, they don't treat diabetes. We've met a lot yeah, of so. that on this show. And we have met a lot of that. We've talked to a lot of people we, like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like it's, it's a sad thing, but I yeah. get it because yeah. it's, not, it's not part of the specialty, right? Yeah. Um, family practitioners, their specialty is not diabetes. That's what an endocrinologist is for. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing I would say is I would argue that sometimes – people aren't getting the right information from endocrinologists either, or they're just not, they're, they're not educating in the ways they should be. I feel like not all, uh, there's some very good at very good endocrinologists out there. You, you have to advocate for yourself as you're looking for one, or if you need to change one, like I'm getting ready to change one, not because I want to, but because of insurance, right? So, I'm going to be very adamant about what I actually want and what I actually need by asking questions and knowing what works for me. And I'm going to know going into, in, going into see these different endocrinologists that I want to partner with. Cause that's how I think about it. Right. I'm partnering with them and they're giving me information or helping me out with things that I need help with. And I'm almost going to be interviewing them as yeah, I go into I that situation because I want to make sure that, I'm in the right situation. I'm in the right scenario, right? I don't yeah. need a lot of education because I know a lot myself and I know how to find the information, but there are specific things that I want to be able to do. And what I don't want is I don't want to go into an endocrinologist's office and spend all this money for their service uh, and be in there for five minutes. Yeah. Well, and which, something which is unfortunately awesome. what happens. Yeah. Something awesome that we've been really making intentional effort to work on at camp is working with the campers on advocating for themselves. So it. before every meal, um, when they're going to take their insulin or make a, you know, a high blood sugar correction, et cetera, they check in with a medical person and yes, we have their ratios. We have their correction factor and we can plug it into a calculator and say, Hey, you know, for this meal, you should probably take 10 units. Right. But how do you feel about that? What do you think? And we start working on them beginning the process of thinking about, okay, well, you know, after lunch, I've got, I've got to go canoeing. Uh, I tend to drop when I'm doing physical activity. And we start working them through that conversation so that they can advocate for themselves. And if a camper makes a suggestion, if, if we go, you know, we really think you should take 10 and the camper's like, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. You know, we find somewhere in the middle to settle or we'll go with that or with what their suggestion is. And then we'll monitor a little closely through those next activity periods um, or a little more closely because we are always monitoring closely. And then we'll kind of review it with them at the next meal and we'll say, hey, you know, we went a little lower and your, your lunchtime dose, your blood sugars were perfect. Great job. And we'll recognize them for um, making that great decision. Or we'll talk through maybe the blood sugars were a little off or maybe they kept going low. And we'll talk through, all right, so what are some other solutions? And we want we want to create campers who can go in and develop their own 
independence when it comes to their diabetes management. They're not always going to have a parent or guardian that's going to be there to help them make those decisions. And they're not always going to have camp staff that's there to help them make those decisions. So being able to teach them to advocate for themselves and um, make those decisions and adjustments as they need to um, is something we've been really working on that I've really appreciated our med staff for focusing on these last few years. Yeah, that's awesome. I just, yeah, that is so cool. While you're standing next to a med staff and endos and nurses, what what role do you hope to play as, as the camp director? I mean, do you see yourself as, you know, I feel like everybody feared Darlene, you know, she was an authoritarian or do you want to be a buddy buddy? Do you want to be a, what, what do you hope to, what do you hope to be? Or do you want to like, you know, earlier you were talking about changing the norm. Do you, do you want to be that, do you want to be that type of person that is, is, is educating and telling kids to, to advocate for yourself? I mean, you know, yeah, you know, that's a tough question um, because I think that changes a lot of our, our situation to situation, who I want to be, what role I want to play. Um, ultimately, I want to be somebody that they can trust to support them um, and share my own experiences. And hopefully that will help them grow more confident in their decision-making process. And seeing somebody who has failed when it comes to diabetes management and isn't afraid to talk about it Um but seeing somebody who's also proud to be diabetic because of the opportunities it's given me in life. And I mean, this career wouldn't be possible if I didn't have diabetes, I wouldn't be where I am today. And so in a weird way, I'm thankful to have it. And so seeing somebody who's maybe not, uh, not ashamed to talk about it and hopefully that allows them to feel more open, you know, there's an aspect of wanting to be their friend, but there's also the aspect of, you know, I need to run a camp and keep everybody safe. Um, but just helping encourage them to facilitate those conversations themselves and just being that support system and being someone that they know they can talk to, um, whether it's diabetes related or not, if they're having issues at camp or at home, et cetera. So then how much value does you being diabetic play on your role as a camp director? In I mean, your opinion, I think in your opinion, I don't want to, again, I don't want to, I don't want to not include Darlene and in, Darlene in this conversation, but she wasn't. Well, so, yeah, I, I said, Darlene is, I mean, she is, she's a job reference for when I got this job and most other jobs before that. Darlene is one of my biggest role models. In yeah, life. she is. Um, but there is definitely a difference in, it's not just living with diabetes, but most of my staff. I grew up at camp with like, they know me. It's a different relationship, right? When, before I became a staff and really before I was Darlene's assistant, there was a large part of me that was intimidated by her. Um, and, and I mean that in every comp in every good positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and until I really got to know her more on a personal level working as her assistant, I was like, Oh, Darlene's a real person. She's not just like the boss lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it's just, I think right now it's a little different because I am a little younger and a lot of the campers that are still come to camp. I was their cabin counselor. Um, a lot of the staff, I still have staff that are older than me. Uh, it's just a different relationship. Um, but I think being somebody who is embraced living with diabetes plays a huge role in my ability or in the ability, not just for campers, but their parents to feel comfortable with um, 
talking to me about that stuff or leaving their kid with me, knowing that I grew up in the program and I'm so passionate about it that I'm now running the program is, I think it plays a huge factor. Yeah. Yeah. So do you reach, do you guys reach out to on purpose to non-diabetic counselors? Because I don't know if you know this, they used to make it more international. Even when I was growing up, they had an international program. They were supplying counselors through to make it that much more diverse. So is that not something that you, I mean, does that not matter to you? Because you're going to have medical staff obviously there that are non-diabetic and educated, but. No, I think, I mean, I think especially in this world we live in, it's so important to have a diverse staff, right? Because each camper is going to connect with and associate with different people, right? If you cloned me 30 times and made me a counselor in every cabin, there's going to be campers that don't get the attention or um, focus that they need because of the personality I have and the personality they have and how they mesh. Um, We heavily recruit staff and, and a lot of it is, you know, somebody who grew up in the program, reaching out in their college programs and finding friends and um, all that. But about 30% of our staff currently doesn't live with diabetes on the counselor side. And Mm. I think that that it's just a whole different perspective. It's educating for them. um, But it also exposes our campers to just such a wide array of individuals and persons. Although the ultimate goal, right, is to increase or improve their knowledge when it comes to diabetes management, we're also creating young people, right? Like these are people that are going to go into society and they want to, you know, we want to expose them to all different walks of life. Um, I don't know. It's important. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's interesting because when Graham was asking that question and you were giving the answer, I was thinking in my head, well, I think it would be as as the, as a camp director or as someone that's on staff that's basically being a staff member at a diabetes camp. In my head, I was thinking, well, of course, it's going to be better if the individual is diabetic because they can relate to the campers and they can have real conversations with the campers outside of someone that isn't diabetic. But now that I'm listening to your, your conversation and your, your thought process about diversity, I'm like, Oh my God, that's so that's even better that you have a diverse group that you have these staff members that are coming to be camp counselors at a young age and learning about a disease that might, they might not have even known anything about. You know, if they weren't a camp counselor, now they take that information into the real world, into a job, and maybe now they have information that they can possibly save a life. I, yeah. That's super cool, man. That's super cool. Yeah. One, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, when the nurses, when you get up in front of the nurses and you got a beard and long hair, they just like, look at this guy. Look at this camp. Look at this camp counselor. That big, the big <laughs> smile, that big grin on his face living the life Uh, when i so i think that uh i i yes i clearly have a look um i look like i probably belong living in the woods uh (laughs) i've definitely embraced the camp lifestyle um i'll never forget when i came for my interview for this job i had been working as darlene's assistant so i mean everybody around the office has seen me in basketball shorts and a t-shirt or whatever not necessarily clean shaven and i and I showed up in a full suit 
and then my beard was shaved. I even got a haircut. I mean, it wasn't short, but I got a haircut. And uh, the CEO here at Life Care just kind of looked at me. He's like, I expected you to show up in like chacos and, you know, rolled up <laughs> jeans. Or, you know? <laughs> um, I think that, I mean, it's easy to judge somebody or look at somebody based on, on what they look like. Um, but when people see the, the passion that I hope exudes from me in regards to camp, it's pretty quick to realize like why I'm there and that I am passionate about what I do uh, around here. So my actual job title is youth and family program director. Um, but a lot of people just call me the camp guy. And that's just cause I look like the camp guy. <laughs> nice. And I, I hate to say, I mean, to me, you're also a diabetic before you're anything else. So the, the 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 joy the joy and the cheer on your face more than anything is what we like to highlight and talk about on a show like this because we all live with a crazy disease man I was just saying it yeah. in the last episode the amount of decisions we make on a regular basis and how much we are highlighting mental health on a regular basis gives me a lot of sympathy and it gives me a lot of you know like I take time to stop and think about those people and you hitting those kids at a young age is a is a huge reason for like why i was successful you know it's yeah. essentially it didn't give me i didn't have a reason to, to be like a victim after that yeah. if that makes sense you know well, it's just to teach people diabetes doesn't have to define who you are right but it is something you have to live with and i am like i i probably personify the crazy person who enjoys living with diabetes but I get burnt out too, man. Like I have my struggles. I get frustrated when I'm high. I get grumpy and maybe a little snappy when I'm low. Um, I I very much can appreciate and understand what it's like to have a hard day or week or month of living with diabetes, but it's being able to take that and realize still how wonderful an opportunity we have Um to just impact the lives of those around us. And it's just, I, I've always been in the mindset. I'm not going to let it stop me from living my dreams. And I want to make sure that I instill that belief in all, all our campers is you can't let it stop you from believing in yourself, but you got, you have to take care of yourself if you want to see those dreams achieved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's good because a lot of young kids don't understand that yet. They're not mature enough to understand that and having that instilled by other people that are dealing with the same things that they're dealing with every single day is super powerful. Yeah. You, you mentioned earlier too, talking and working with other camps. Were, were you talking with other diabetes camps as well? So a little bit of both. Um, I, I mean, I started out as a sixth grade camp counselor when I was in high school. And then once I got to college, I worked at, Worked at the Diabetes Youth Foundation of Indiana out in Noblesville, Indiana. Um, They do a month-long camp in June. I worked, I was the camp manager for the city of Gehanna, which was just a traditional day camp. I was the program coordinator for Recreation Unlimited, which is a camp for youth and adults with developmental and physical disabilities um, up in Ashley, Ohio. And then just a couple random week-long camps that I had people that I had met through the camping community are like, Hey, we could use your help for a week or we're short staffed. And I had the time off and was in college or recently graduated. Um, so a little bit of both. It's very, it's very cool to see 
how other camps handle diabetes. Um, and then even the camps that I worked at that were not uh, diabetes specific. When I was at the city of Gehenna, I actually had one camper who was living with diabetes, which was cool. We kind of bonded really early on. Um, you know, at Recreation Limited, there's a, a variety of illnesses and uh, diagnoses. Um, and we had a few campers that were living with diabetes. So it tends to find me, um, but I've worked at a few different styles of camp. I guess I, I just wonder if what's happening at a place like Camp Hamway is maybe it's so small scale that I hope I hope that that's happening at, at at the other at other at other at other places. You know what what the things that you're talking about medical professionals and and uh, diabetic educators and and really really hands on because yeah. if if this is if this is something that's just really that's just unique to us, man, then we we are we're, we're some of the most blessed people, really. You know, living with a diabetes, yeah. living with a disease right now. So, well, I'll tell you what. So I once I started the job, I had the opportunity to join an organization, the Diabetes Education Camping Association, and there's I don't want to misquote the number, but there's at least a hundred different camps throughout the nation who sends uh, their camp director or assistant director, whoever, um, to these conferences every year. And it's really cool to to hear about what they're doing. But there's there's a lot of passion in diabetes camping. And it's very common for a director or somebody involved in leadership to be someone like me who grew up within the program and wants to really push that diabetes education and camping forward. Um, so it's been really cool, but I didn't, I guess before I got this job, I didn't realize um, how nationwide it was. There are some other really amazing camps out there. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Um, Anthony, as we kind of wrap up, um, for the people that might not know about Camp Hamway or might not know, have access or their doctors don't really know about it, what what's the fastest or the easiest way that someone can kind of get connected with Camp Hamway? If yeah. I find it on social, if I do happen to hear from it from my doctor, how can how can someone connect with you? So our our website's nice and easy. It's diabetesohio.org. Um, type that into your search bar, and that'll take you directly to our existing page um, on the Life Care Alliance website. So rather than having to go to their main platform and circumnavigate to get to the CODA section, that'll take you directly to us. Um, we post anything that we're posting there, we're posting on social media. So Diabetes Ohio on Instagram and then Central Ohio Diabetes Association on Facebook. And then on the website, I mean, it has all the information um, about camp. There's a frequently asked questions page. There is a place to sign up for an e-newsletter that we send out quarterly. Um, and then there's also all my contact information. Uh, you can call me or email me at really any time. Uh, I try to keep a work-life balance, but when somebody emails me at 10 o'clock at night, excited about coming to camp, it's hard for me not to respond. Yeah. yeah. Do you still do a meet, uh, like you'll, you'll pick a lunch in the middle of a camp week where you'll have visitors? Yeah. Yeah. So we are actually, we got to send, this I not, Hey, that's what I'm thinking. We send, yeah, you should, could, you totally should go up there for just a meal for an hour and see it. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. We'd love to have you guys out. Um, we're figuring out, we actually, so we used to do it on Wednesdays. Um, and yeah. that's when that's the cool. donors had the opportunity to come see what they're donating to and how camp runs. Um, they come visit us. Also, like, they come visit us like caged animals. <laughs> Look at all the diabetics running in the prairie. Yeah, yeah. go it's, ahead. Go ahead. No, it's, and it's also a good opportunity. I like to. Um, we'll occasionally have a family, usually a new diagnosis, who wasn't ready to commit to camp yet, but they want to come see what it's about. It's a good day for them to come out. But we're finalizing those dates. It used to be Wednesdays. Unfortunately, there's some some conflict on Wednesdays this year. So yeah. once I know that date, I will definitely um, make you aware. Or maybe let us know and we'll sit there. We'll sit there live and we'll talk to them. We can have people sit down and talk to them. That'd be cool. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, dude. What, Honestly. It? Oh my God, yes. I was, I was thinking about going there and setting up a table or just going there and like helping out and doing whatever for a day and then just grabbing Anthony, grabbing doctors, grabbing staff members and just start talking on the show. I'll say it again. You've mentioned people, um, Drew and Mike, and we didn't mention like Leslie and Beth. I mean, people that are just just love to be a part of this and yeah, I think that'd be super cool too. That's Imagine. hilarious. I grew up. I I grew up going there, dude. I mean, the the the, the first girl I said I love you. I dated a girl for two years. Into uh, yeah. I went to the college that I chose because my girlfriend was there, and I met her at camp. Andy, my one of my a a kid that I met. I met Andy my very first year, and he and I would end up going through college together. We went to we went to OU together too. You know, he and I, yeah. and, and we're still in contact at thirty five. You know, so. Well, and that's, I mean, that's incredible. The, the relationships they build. I'm, I'm in a wedding in um, September and I, the guy who's getting married is, was one of my campers Yeah, is one of my staff. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and his best man, uh, they were, they were cabin mates together. Yeah. That's so, crazy. The, I, would the relationships small world, man. I would drive, yeah. I would describe camp family or just camp as almost like a sports team. You know, you're, you're changing in front of them. You're showering. You're like, you know, you're like, you know, you're eating, you're doing all your, and then after a couple of days, you just have a weird connection and you just, you know, it's, and then by the time you're gone, I mean, you're crying, you're weeping. And then the order you get when you're into chicks and stuff, cause they'll have a dance the last night, you know, you've fallen in love three times, you're getting love letters. Anthony's laughing because it's true. He's like, this guy knows exactly what it's like, you know? And, but, and, and I'll tell you this, the order you get, you're connecting with, with the counselors, you know, I, yeah. My relationship with Tom is unforgettable these days. And um, when I heard about Richie, you know, when, when I heard about Richie dying, that was like hard. And, and Drew, my God, if I saw Drew today, I would hug him and kiss him and, and p- please <laughs> tell him, you know, send him that. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's the relationships are, I mean, that's what made me fall in love with the place. So, yeah. Mm. Do a follow up with us, man. And like I said, yeah. you guys got to be in. T- you guys yeah. for Central Andrew, Ohio. Let's, let's do it. Like I'll I'll yeah. come down there. What are the dates so we can tell the no, people? No, but also I want to say one more time. Ken has tried to do. We've done like an. He wants to do like he does an event in Central Ohio oh, yeah. where he has vendors out. I mean, and I don't ever remember having like a gym owner as a guest for you guys. I mean, he might be a really you know a, a, a personal trainer and someone has a brand yeah. of diabetes. Yeah, I would love to come speak to everyone. Even yeah. even. Even if, uh, heck, I would even come love to speak to all the parents. Like, yeah, maybe on a drop off, like the drop off day, it's like, hey, you drop off your kids, and we're having this special guest speaker that also lives with diabetes. That's a coach over here, answering questions or talking about what he does, and 
yeah. I mean, we could do that. Well, too, he's also like looking yeah. to hope and train like diet, he wants to, the, the brand is for training diabetics and things that's like awesome. that. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, isn't that one of the, the weird, great things that came out of COVID too is Zoom and Skype and what all these platforms that, why, why wait till camp? Why not, you know, plan a, a session that we invite families to and do it virtually? Yeah, um, I'm and, you know, it's that. open to it unique doors for us and yeah we'd all rather be in person but sometimes it's easier to just hop in front of your computer and yeah not drive um so yeah there's a lot of potential there love to stay connected and see how we can and help further you and you can help further us i mean it's as easy as you just you push out the at once your episode is done push it out and then people relate to it and I, i i haven't it's this has always been a hot two things i told ken absolutely no about a podcast in the beginning i said even to this day i don't even tell people about it because you know i i have a i do government job it's kind of i don't know it's deeper than that but my point is we are beginning to see the reach of it and um like i'm realizing now that it is it is a a friend in someone's pocket it is a diabetic outlet that people need so you know promote it and i think it might actually help people and like I said, yeah, we both I, have we both have daytime jobs, but I mean, if it goes in a different direction, we're happy to see where it goes. You know, as yeah. ph- even philanthropy. So go ahead. Yeah, we have, no, we uh, we have full plans to. There, we're gonna post it on all our social medias. Awesome, um, share it out. Yeah, you are awesome, dude. And yeah, yeah, I I wanted to do it at the right time with you. It's, it seems early enough to get the word out, but yeah. keep keep coming back on. Make make yourself a regular guest, and Tom's gonna come yeah. back because we didn't get to hit on camp and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um. One more time, uh, Anth, what is the dates for the summer? Yeah, so our, our day camp um, is June 20th to the 24th. Um, our And our overnight camps, the senior weeks are July 17th to July 30th. And then our junior challenge week is August or July 31st to August 6th. Okay. So and just- what's great about that senior challenge time frame is that two that is two weeks of time but you don't have to sign up for two weeks um you could do the first week the second week or you can do both so, cool man yeah, yeah no, this you. has been great thank you so much for joining us um and uh yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna do good things it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a fun for sure hey thanks guys yep talk yeah. to you next time buddy thanks man, man. later All right, talk bye. to you later